Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th. Hosted by Kevin Hart, the seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with The Fall Guy. What are you doing later? Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes! Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall Guy. Fall Guy. Fall Guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Nope. Because I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. This is Eye on Foxborough, the premier podcast for all things New England Patriots. Brought to you by Mass Live. Welcome back to the Eye on Foxborough podcast. I'm Karen Garikian, and I'm pleased to welcome back Patriots Hall of Famer Matt Light who also happens to be one of the best pranksters I know. Good morning, Matt. How's it going? <laughs> well, that is a great introduction. I, I wear that as a badge of honor. Uh, Karen, always good to speak with you and uh, happy to be on the show. I know you have an upcoming charity event, your 11th annual Fool's Night Out comedy show at Memoir at Encore Boston Harbor. And I do want to chat about that, but I'd love to talk a little football first, if that works, Matt. Well, of course, yeah. I mean, there's there's a lot to talk about, I feel. There is. And I'll try and hit on a few of those uh, topics. Obviously, the, the Patriots have moved on from Bill Belichick and are on to Gerard Mayo. Um, Robert Kraft, the team owner that you know very well, <laughs> has already billed this as a crucial offseason for the team, particularly when it comes to the draft and the number three overall pick. They have a few needs, as we know, quarterback, wide receiver, offensive tackle among them. I am told that uh, the draft is rich in uh, talent at all those three positions. If you were making the choice, what do you do at number three? What where, what position do you start with? And I know you might be biased. <laughs> <laughs> you know, it's it. What a difficult, you know, position for any head coach, staff, you know, recruiter, you know, kind of uh, talent evaluator, right? You know, you think about what what you're committing to at the number three position, really anywhere in the first round, but definitely in the top 10, you know, you're, you're married to this player 
for at least the next three to four years, right? And financially, you know, it's, it may not be as bad as it used to be, but when you're at number three, that you're committed in 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 so many ways. So, if if I look at where the team is today, my immediate attention goes to the quarterback position. I don't know, you know, what where where the system says that 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 the next player should come from, right? What what college, you know, who who is the guy? I have no idea, but you know, that's such a very difficult position to get regardless whether you're going out there in free agency, um looking at the draft, uh, trying to evaluate young talented guys, trying to evaluate maybe even some of the guys that are in the league that are in that backup position because we know that happens, right? We know you can get a talented backup that just hasn't been able to show his stuff yet. But my goodness, is it tough. And more important now than ever, the way this game's being officiated and how they're playing the game. So I think my attention would go there. I also think this, Karen, I think it's very difficult when you look at the offensive linemen, the defensive linemen positions, right? It's very difficult for these teams to condition the athletes properly. And it shows up the most up front. So you look, they they don't they don't hit anymore. They really don't practice that much. And and they did it for safety reasons, but the reality is the game is less safe today than it's ever been. I've stood on this pulpit preaching this message for many, many years. And it's fallen on deaf ears. No one really cares to talk about it, but it is the truth. The game is no safer today. It's actually less safe from a rate of injury and everything else. Their numbers show it. And so when you think about that, right? These guys just don't get enough time going through the motions, hitting, doing the kind of things that prepare them for the season. It's why a lot of them break, but it shows up the most with the big guys, right? It's sloppy play. So if you're going to go out and, and get a guy in the number three position, right, high up in the draft, yep. he better be really self-motivated. He better better be able to do things you know, really, really well, because you're not going to be able to practice those guys the way you used to. And so the value I don't think is there as much taking that type of a player early in the draft. Hmm. Yeah. I, the last time we chatted um, on the podcast, we, t- we did talk a bit about how rule changes and changes and how they go about practice, uh, you know, that nobody's in pads anymore, you know, has impacted the performance of everyone. I just think it's interesting also the dynamic of how teams decide to build. You look at the Bengals and they they got the quarterback first, then they got the wide receivers, then they got then they finally got uh the tackle. So uh some people think why well, get the quarterback when you can't protect him? You got to protect him first or don't why why get the receiver if you don't have a quarterback to throw it to him? So it's a it's an yeah. dynamic. Yeah, and you and you look at the way some of these teams have built it, and I guess I would be and and and, and this kind of flies in the face of you know what I did during my career, right? I mean, you would maybe expect me to feel like you you do want to go out and get the the line, the pieces of the puzzle, right? The guys up front that can protect and 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 help, especially a young quarterback, right? You know, get off to a great start and give him the protection he needs to build the confidence. 
But I, I honestly think it's the other way around. I, I actually like the idea of going out and getting a talented quarterback, but but a guy that can think, right? A guy that's smart, makes great decisions, is a is a leader in the locker room. Um, because when you have that individual, when you have that dynamic person, everyone else is elevated, right? Brady proved that. He proved that in year one. And and look, I was not a good left tackle. Uh, I wouldn't say that we had an all-star offensive line by any stretch of the imagination, but we won. So yeah, you can do it a lot of different ways. Um, but if if I it, you know if it was up to me. I think you have to look a lot at the quarterback position early in a draft. Yeah, I I agree with you, Matt. We talked a little bit about this uh, before coming on. Um, is it is it tough to see the Pats fall so far down the, the totem pole? And how confident are you uh, that Gerard Mayo and company can turn it around? You know, I think... I think when talking to some of the guys that, that I played with during our era, you know, it is difficult. You know, you look at this, you scratch your head, you know that there's a lot of the pieces of the puzzle that are still there in, in, in the Belichick, you know, kind of coaching tree, right? And, and you know, you, you understand what it was like when we were there, but it, what we saw recently just didn't make sense. And I think there's a lot of reasons for that. So, yeah, it was tough to watch. it. I think, you know, it goes all the way back to, you know, letting 12 out of the building, right? I've said this from day one. I, you know, that 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 may go down as the worst decision in league history, you know, by any organization. You know, you you, you have the number one player in, in, in the history of the game for 20 years, and he doesn't finish his career there. That shouldn't have been possible. End of story, right? It's not, you know, there is no debate on that one. We can debate a lot of things, but... There is no debate on that one. It should have never happened. And that was the that was obviously the the beginning of the end, right? And so it's been disappointing. It's been tough to watch it. And as we transition now to the Mayo era and and what, you know, the this mountain that he has to climb, you know, you you, you have to do a lot of things really well right out the gate. You have to change the culture. You have to change a lot of the guys that were there that weren't willing to give it everything they had. Right. You got to get rid of those guys. You got so you got to you got to shed some weight. You got to bring in, you know, the best talent. You, you have to devise, you know, who you are overnight. Right. You have to get this identity and then you have to preach the gospel each and every day. Very disciplined. And and that's a that's a tough road. Every coach has to try to do it when they come into the National Football League. It's why a lot of them don't make it. Right. And then you have to deal with all the other things, too. Look, the, the the things that are tough on some coaches dealing with the media, you know, um, you, you know, so, some of the some of the 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 management stuff. I don't think that's going to affect Gerard. I don't think that the the football, the X's and O's, I, I, you know, Gerard's always been, you know, just a really, really, really smart football dude. Mm. So I don't worry about the X's and O's. I don't worry about some of the things that other coaches slip up with in terms of media and dealing with the management side of it, the business side of it, right? Um, it's the culture. It's the culture side because he has this this uphill climb like like everyone else of dealing with the players of today and 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 the attitudes and and the expectations that they come in with. And you know, look, I'm an old school guy. I'll always be an old school guy. I say, you know, whoever's at the top, you know, when they when they tell you to do something, you do it. If you want to question it, 
then then you need to go walk into that office and have a, a one-on-one conversation and and have the talk with the coach they don't players today don't do that you know they 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 don't they they complain they become the cancers in the locker room they demand certain things right and if they don't get it they just don't go out there and perform that wasn't an option for us back in the day you know so i think you you have to hold these guys accountable you got to push them you got to you got to get them to conform and and then you got to be consistent with them and and you have to earn their respect for sure and Bill was able to do that as nasty as it was at times, you know, to be in that system, to have this cloud, you know, over you. you, you win 16 games in a row. And, you know, if we do these seven things, we'll never win a freaking game. You know, it gets, it was tiring. Right. But at the end of the day, it, it, we, we learned something each and every opportunity that we had and we got better and we got better and, and it was worth doing. Right. So, you know, that, that's how I feel. Look, I, I love Gerard, you know, and, and, I, and I obviously would wish him the best in whatever he does. And, you know, this, this is a big task. And, uh, you know, we're, we're going to see how it all unfolds. It's going to be fun. I think it's going to be fun to see, you know, the, the decisions he makes and how he gets, you know, this organization back on the right track. Yeah, I, I agree. And speaking of the other guy, Coach Belichick, both he and Mike Rabel don't have jobs. Does that surprise you anyway? Or again, knowing the type of coaches they are or what their demands are, even of the front office, is does that surprise you? Or do you think they'll be back at it, you know, the next coaching cycle? You know, good question. I I, I think right off the bat, um, and again, I don't have any insider knowledge here, you know, nor would it be a question that I would ask either one of them at this point. Um you know, I, I, I do believe that it's probably more of a case that they know what they want. They know the situations that they want to go in, uh, you know, into as it relates to the team, the ownership, the players, all that kind of stuff. Uh, if, if, if it's not there, I feel as though they're going to sit it out, right? Instead of going somewhere just to go and just to be a head coach, you know, I think they're going to wait for the right opportunities. So maybe that's not the case. Um, entirely, but you know, that that's where my head is as it relates to, you know, both of these guys that are phenomenal coaches, not having a job right now. Mm. Um, I think the other thing that you really have to consider, right. And, and call it the Saban effect, you know, Nick Saban was the first coach that I saw of, of, of his status, right. Of, 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 a a dominant coach in the, in the game of football who came out immediately and was like basically letting the world know, like, this is not good. Whether it was the NILs, you know, the NIL, you know, the transfer portal, he spoke up um, and people should have been paying attention to that because he knew what we all now have to live with. And that is the decisions that they were making at the college level. They weren't good and it was going to trickle into the NFL, which it has. And, I firmly believe that Saban walked away. One of the greatest coaches of all time walked away because of the culture, because of players walking into his office and demanding payment or they were going to leave. Right. And by the way, the, uh, what's happening in college football, it, it absolutely destroyed all the hard work that Nick Saban's done over the years that he's earned. And, and it's given the power to the people that just have the biggest checkbook 
right? And, and, and I don't think people realize how destructive that is. So is that part of, you know, why, you know, Mike Vrabel and Bill Belichick aren't coaching? Maybe that, that could be a part of it as well. The, the culture is really broken in, in a lot of our society in general, but it's really broken with the guys that are getting paid giant amounts of money and their attitudes are anything but workmanlike. Yeah, and that's before they even get to the NFL, you know, and with the transfer portal, too, they can just jump ship whenever they feel like it. And it just, I don't know, they have to rethink that and relook at it in college football uh, for sure. We have the biggest event of the football calendar coming up (laughs) in a few days, the Super Bowl. Do you have a favorite, the Chiefs or the 49ers? Well, both my teams lost in the uh, championship realm, and uh, I was heartbroken. I I really I – th- I thought Baltimore had a good shot of beating KC, and I would have loved to have seen that. Uh, and really, you know, my, my favorite horse in the race, Detroit. Oh, heartbreaker. <laughs> I really thought that, you know, what what a what an incredible thing for that city. Um, I've always been a big fan of their stadium and and uh just just kind of that the people, right? And and the fans. I mean, they have suffered for so many years. And I just thought, man, this would be the greatest year ever for that for that for that region. So that said, Karen. Anything but Mahomes and Kelsey, I've I've made it public. I'm not a fan. Um, look, I, I think I think Mahomes is a phenomenal player. Obviously, Kelsey is a phenomenal player. Both of them are unbelievable on the field. Um, I've got personal gripes with both of them. So I'm gonna say San Fran, you know, which I think is gonna be very difficult, but I'm I'm gonna I'm gonna give them as much uh of my little, you know, magical power. Uh, that I could I could possibly muster and hopefully they can pull it out and and look I think it'll be a good game right I think it'll be a good game I mean the the way that the the Chiefs and and the way Andy Reid gets his players in the playoffs you know here over the last you know eight nine ten years to play it's been really incredible to watch I mean they take it to another level but they've got they've got really dynamic people in 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 the in the really the most important positions and they've had backups that have stepped up and played major roles as well. So, you know, Hey, maybe they'll get that back to back and do what we did, you know, about a decade ago, but, um, you know, I'm, I'm holding out the San Fran can maybe make it happen. What's your gripe with Mahomes? You know, it's it, it, it again, and this is the uphill both ways in the snow, old man mentality, but look, when I got in the league, I, I never felt that I deserved to be there. Um, and 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 part most of that was just, you know, I, I wasn't a kid that grew up wanting to play in the NFL. I didn't have all these dreams and aspirations. And all of a sudden, I've, I've, I'm I'm seeing my first draft, the one I was in. Um, I'm getting calls. I'm 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 literally a friend of mine come up and said, "Do you know how much the guy made that was drafted with the 48th overall pick?" And I'm like, "No, like I've never even seen a draft in my life." And when he told me the number, I'm like, oh, they made a mistake here. This can't be right. And then, and this is a thousand percent exactly the way it happened, right? I was blessed. I got I got to do something that so many people dream about. Um, it, it was an amazing journey. I learned so much, met so many incredible people. Um, 
but but it was you know it comes with what i think is a is a huge responsibility to to you know emulate the people that that got you there to to show respect to to help out others you know you you've been given all this right it comes with a responsibility and and i and i and i firmly think that you know especially those that are elevated to the highest you know, levels, right? The Mahomes and the Brady's and all these, the, the burden is even greater for them to, to represent themselves and their organization and, and, and to be a, 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 a role model. And, and whenever you see him on the field, especially during that one play, right. That, that got called back, you know, it was a great play and to see the way he treated that, to hear some of the things that he does I just think it's a dishonor to, you know, the position that he's been given. So that that's my big gripe. You know, Kelsey, for other reasons, I, I I don't believe in big pharma, and I don't think it has a place in our, you know, society with with role models again. But that's just my own personal thing. So, all that said, Karen, let's go uh, 49ers, and uh, hopefully we have a good game either way. How do you feel when the people start? cranking out comparisons, Mahomes to Brady, the Chiefs to the Patriots and the dynasties and so on and so forth. Uh, what does that, how does that make you feel? Is it legitimate? Well, I think it, I think it kind of has to be right. I mean, well, first of all, who, who else? I mean, they, they, there's no other organization that comes close, right. In, in this era. Um, right. so, okay. Um, Look, they're going for back to back. There's definitely a comparison there. They've got a dynamic quarterback. They got a dynamic tight end. Interesting. We've we've had that here in Foxborough before. You know, um, they they've wanted a really high level year in and year out. You know, for the last five. I mean, it's crazy. Um, so I think you have to you have to look at that. And I think it's a, you know, I think it's a compliment in both directions, right? I mean, what we did was very special. What they're doing is very special, and. Uh, you know, again, you know, I, th- I think the I think the story for me is Andy Reid. You know, there was a time where I thought, is Andy Reid ever going to get to win one? And then you look at what he's done, you know, here again, it, his time in KC um, and, and how he's doing it with the players of today, which is which is even tougher. Um, right. So, yeah, yeah, there's 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 definitely a comparison to be made there. Just getting back to Mahomes for a half second. Was it the the kind of the whining he did after the play was called back for his guy being offside? That play? Uh, yeah, and 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 the things on the sideline, and and just the you know, and and there's been other things too. You know, I just again, you know, look, everyone's looking at you, right? It, you know, if if you, you're sitting down with a guy like Patrick, right, and and you're you're someone that he trusts. You know, I just I just wish there was someone that could say, hey, man everyone's watching you. Every kid is going to emulate you, right? Like you, you owe it, you know, to yourself, to your team, to everyone else to carry yourself at the highest level, because guess what? So many kids need it. You know, they don't get it at home. They don't get it in the school systems. I mean, we have so many broken areas of our world, you know, and, and here he has the ability to move mountains, you know, with what he does. Uh, out there on the field so yeah you know I, th- I think that you know th- that responsibility is his and, and it, it is so many others that 
you know, are, are role models for these younger, you know, kids. And, and, uh, you know, I, I want to see that happen. I, I want to see that day in and day out. One last question before we move on to your fool's night out event. Um, assuming Bill joins the TV world, uh, who do you, who do you think is going to be the better analyst, Bill or Tom? Yeah. You know, this is interesting. So I, both of them, I wouldn't say have the organic or just natural, uh, I don't know what you want to call it, moxie. I don't know what it is. It's like, you know, there, there are some people, the minute they get on air, you know, they're, they're relatable, you know, they, they, you know, they, they just, they're just naturals of being on, on film, right? They're, they're characters. They bring, you know, a lot of interesting aspects, right? There, there's, there's, there are people that have that. I, I'm not sure either one of these two have that natural one, but, but here's the, but, and I, and I love them both. I think that the way that they look at it. And if you've ever heard either one of them talk about the game and, and break down the game, it's something that it's a, a magnet it's a moth to a flame it's if you love football you can relate to it so they're going to have their own style for sure and there may be some awkward moments from both of them i don't know but at the end of the day you know if you're a footballer you love the game i think i think it's going to be very a very cool look um through the eyes of two legends well, I'm I'm anxious to see how both do. I know for sure that that Tom is going to be with Fox, and, and I know he's been calling up old friends for tips. Uh, he hasn't hit you up, <laughs> has he? Yeah, you know I get overlooked all the time, Karen. I don't I don't get it. I'm I'm not yeah, sure yeah. if it's the giant vault of videos that I have that yeah. I could expose people with. You know, I mean, getting back to our our big event, I mean, it, it was really. Uh, honestly, the 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 impetus, the the reason that that we wanted to do this uh, this Fool's Night Out is because it is my favorite holiday for sure. But uh, man, I had some great great videos and pranks with teammates, and most of them took it well. Karen, not all the time though, not all the time. So yes, we are now talking about your annual comedy fundraiser which benefits the light foundation it's called fool's night out and it's on march 21st uh i know you have lenny clark and a host of other comedians and you were just talking about uh the videos you have in a vault do you bring those out and is that like part of the part of the night in the humor it is it is and uh you know, I, I don't I don't share anything that, you know, a teammate would be embarrassed of or, you know, get angry with me. At least I don't think I have. But, you know, there's a lot of great things that happened over the years. And, you know, it's kind of a, a neat look behind the curtains. You know, there, there's this idea that we never laughed, you know, within the stadium. You know, they see Bill at the podium and, you know, you got the normal, you know, we're on to Cincinnati and all this. But we actually, at least in our era, you know, from the. 2001 to 2012, we laughed a lot in that locker room, and we had so much fun. I played with some of the greatest, you know, teammates that you could ever wish for or hope for. 
Um, and we break out some of these videos, but look, it's really about these comedians, you know, uh, Lenny Clark and his brother, Mike, they came to us and they said, Hey, look, we, we could help you put something together, help you raise money. We, we believe in what you do. And my goodness, have they done that? And, and they're amazing people. And these comedians, right. I don't think people realize, you know, when you, when you watch your favorite comedian, you know, you, you, you watch and you have this expectation, you're laughing, right. And you're going to have all this stuff. They're people. Like, you know, sometimes we, we put people in, in these certain realms, these guys give up all this time. They have families, uh, Artie Januario, hilarious guy. He's a pharmacist. He's literally putting together your prescription for you, you know, within a stoppage shop, I think is where he's at now, but, or wherever. Right. But he's a pharmacist, but they're, they're real people. They really care. They make a huge impact with what we do at the Light Foundation, and they are funny as hell. And we have a ball at this event. And in the memoir, that's a great club. It's a great atmosphere right there at the Encore Boston Harbor. Um, so it's a fun venue. It's a fun time of year to get out and laugh, too, right? Like when we haven't seen the sun for 33 straight days or whatever it is. you know. So uh, we, we look forward to this one, March 21st. 6 p.m. The doors open. Go out there, do a little gambling, strike it rich, come in, laugh like crazy, maybe get an auction item or two, and uh, go home very happy. Before we go, Matt, how can how can people uh, get tickets to the event? Go to uh, mattlight72.com and uh, it'll pop up right there on the home screen. And bring bring an army, bring bring all the people you want to laugh with you haven't seen for a while or that you love, you know, hanging out. Well, that sounds good. If I'm available, I, I want to come see Lenny Clark and company, but also uh, your practical joker side <laughs> as well. So thank you well, for being on with us, Matt. Always a pleasure. Appreciate the time. This has been Ion Foxborough, brought to you by Mass Live. <laughs>